Ramble. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of You Can Sit With Us. Um, today, I, we're just going to be talking about my COVID story. For those of you that didn't, that don't know, I actually had COVID back in April, so we're just going to dive on deep into what that was like for me. Um, how is everyone doing? What's everyone been up to? How was everyone's weekend? Just checking in. It was good. Good morning. Good m- <laughs> we had to go to the vet this weekend. Little Alfredo licked a little spot off of his foot. And turns out it's like maybe ringworm. Oh, ringworm. I know. Or like a bug bite. To be totally honest, I blame the office. (laughs) Yeah. So we think it was a bug bite that he maybe got at the office. (laughs) Uh, We're actually taking Bowie in on Tuesday because he also has a bald spot on his paw. (gasps) And he also uh, went to the office. The office when Zach got locked out of the house. Hi, Hi. I know. So we'll get to the bottom of it. Hopefully soon. Bean has the opposite problem. He has uh, more hair than he knows what to do with. I actually had to trim his his like eye area yesterday because he would <laughs> chase bangs. a ball and yeah, his 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 bangs. Well, they're they're no. actually they're they're more like his eyebrows. It's like his eyebrows are <laughs> eyebrows? like an old man in front of his eyes. Uh, so I have to so so I just sort of trim all the way across. And uh, but he was uh, he was chasing balls and running into the uh, the wall. Oh, his little periphery vision. Because he can't see. Poor buddy. I know. I know. And we usually take him to get groomed like, you know, once every two months or something like that. I mean, his hair grows so fast, um, especially in the summer for some reason. And he gets really hot. So poor thing. He's laying on the floor next to me here. But now he can see. Well, Mags. You had COVID. I know. <laughs> I, COVID. I did get COVID. Yeah. So <laughs> this was early pandemic. We're now deep into it. Yeah. So everything had shut down in March. And obviously everyone was very like in my nursing friend group was very nervous to be going to the hospital. Like if I'm being quite honest, but mm. um, as like, as you all know, I, my department started wearing face masks even before it was recommended by the hospital. We would just wear like a simple face mask around everybody um, and would just discard it by end of day just because supplies were short. Mm-hmm. So I was protecting myself. We weren't wearing eye shields quite yet just because the recommendations were changing. And they're still changing like week to week. But I actually got it mid-April. Yeah. Don't know, I can't say conclusively where I got it because I never was taking care of someone who was confirmed COVID positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little interesting. And I luckily, the day that I started feeling not so great was an off day. I woke up on a Wednesday morning and I just, something felt just a little off. I woke up and I just had the worst headache that I had, and I don't really suffer from headaches, and it was a terrible migraine. I went to into the kitchen to try and make myself breakfast, and I just didn't, like, it was almost like I was so weak to stand, and I just wanted to be, like, curled up in a ball. When no. I took my temperature, it was just, like, a low-grade, like, 99.5 or something like that. Yeah, and like, could have been normal. As, yeah, for sure. Did you have positive COVID cases that you knew of at that time in your hospital? They were only rule outs. Yeah. At the time. 
There was only rule outs that we would like, we were getting a couple rule outs like here and there, but what's not. a rule out? Rule out is when they're suspicious of COVID, but not um, <clears throat> confirmed. But when anytime someone's a rule out, they were doing like all the proper precautions, like they'll be put on isolation and minimizing people that go into the room. And it's basically you're guilty until proven innocent. In the hospital like you have to protect the That's staff smart. and you have to protect yourself and you have to protect the other patients that you're going into their rooms mm -hmm. for so um, were you scared to go to work at that time yeah i was i was most i wasn't i was more scared for me to bring it home to either zach or my parents mm -hmm. or someone or one of my patients so that's why i was like doing the social distancing, following the recommendations. But I think that was, I was more scared of me bringing it home because as a nurse, I'm used to going into sick people's rooms and taking care of them. Mm -hmm. But right. when this all first started happening, we're still learning things about COVID-19 and the research is like day to day and we're learning new things and we're gonna continue to learn new things so I think just fear of the unknown was the most scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even before COVID, like being a nurse and having an immunosuppressed partner is definitely a constant stress and worry that I have. So we have always taken like precautions. As soon as I get home, scrubs come off, shoes stay at the door or shoes stay in the car. Um, they get wiped down after every shift. Um, so it was definitely like an, a stress that I had entering mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yeah, but I just didn't think it would be so soon. So right, as right. Soon th that morning, Zach was like, well, just wait until, like it was like 8 a.m. when I first started feeling crummy. He's like, maybe you just got up too fast because I'm not like a super morning person. He's like, just <laughs> wait and see if you feel better in a couple hours. But I just could not for the life of me, just get it together. I just felt like something felt weird. Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite place it, but just because what was going on in the rest of the world, I called the infectious disease department at my hospital because they had already come up with a plan. Um, and we were taking like daily surveys to like track our symptoms. So if like anything came up positive, like if anything was flagged, you would just call this number and they would set up a test. But was testing I, widely available in general to you guys? It was it wasn't it was, to the public at in right, April. Right. Yeah. It was starting to become more widely available, but I definitely had to answer questions in a way that would flag them. Like I think that migraines at the time weren't or like a headache that had lasted for a really long time wasn't identified yet as one of the ones that my hospital was tracking for. Mm -hmm. That and like I think gas, like anything GI related wasn't one of them, but they've updated since then. Mm -hmm. So when I first, like I think I had to have met like fevers and something else. But they were like, oh, you, like I don't think we can screen you unless you have a fever. And I was like, well, it was a low-grade fever. <laughs> but um they were able to set me up with a test that same day. Luckily, I called early enough because um, they were able to test me. I think my appointment was like at 4 p.m. And they luckily got me my results the next morning at 11 a.m. And Zach and I, 
as soon as I told him I was going to go get tested, we separated and mm-hmm. that he took all of his bedding. He moved to the couch just because I had woken up in my bed that same morning and he found a place that he could stay. And that was kind of a hard decision to make too, because he wanted to make sure that I was okay and I wasn't going to get worse and I was able to take care of myself. But if there was any chance that Zach was negative, we wanted to just err on the side of caution just because this virus is so new and we didn't want to risk spreading it to other people because if I needed help, Zach would need to go out into the market and get me food or medicine or whatever it may be. Right. But he opted to stay somewhere else, not only for his health, but he just felt bad that I had to stay in a in my tiny Alone. bedroom, just in one room, just because mm-hmm. even that entire day, I was just, I felt bad. I just felt bad that I was uh, relying on him to get me food, water. Oh, so you separated your apartment and he, you were only in the bedroom and he was only in um, yeah. the living room. Quarantining Got from it. your partner in an apartment is super difficult yeah like we don't have a backyard you said you woke up in your bed and he took his bedding from his bed do you have two different Our, beds no 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 no. we he went to the couch so he took bedding oh, he took some he took just like a set of bedding we keep okay. the bedding sets in our bedroom yeah sorry that was like kind of confusing <laughs> the my um, bed his bed i was like do they sleep in like oh my gosh in the same room yeah. <laughs> we push our twin beds together when we feel like sleeping together and then we pull them apart <laughs> <laughs> like ricky and lucy yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i could see it you know some people it's like good sleep hygiene to uh yeah mm-hmm. to, to sleep separately Um, I just I recommend just getting a really big old king size bed and then it feels like you're sleeping separately yeah Uh, for sure like this bed behind me it's it's enormous (laughs) this one right here um I I uh, Maggie I remember you telling me um that like you had this overwhelming feeling of guilt you know not just not just because of Zach but because you were worried uh, that you had infected like patients you were worried that you had infected you know people that you saw because because you just you just had no idea that this was happening because it was so it was there were such strange symptoms at the time right I think yeah I think that was one of my first reactions to when I got the call that I was positive I just felt a lot of shame and guilt that I had brought this into my house and I had brought it into my workplace Mm. um and I mean, it is the infectious disease job to just do contact tracing. So I was, I had to list out everyone I had taken care of in the past 48 hours, which was just heartbreaking. Cause like the kids I take care of already have chronic conditions. Like even the thought of me passing that on to one of them and like, I don't know how their body's going to react to that was just heartbreaking. Luckily, I've seen a lot of them back again. And they luckily did not get it. And having many months since I've been infected, I was, I'm was i very lucky to say that nobody in my work environment, I think there's like 10 of us that work at a time in my area, nobody tested positive. Zach did not test positive, and he was negative for antibodies. So he really didn't get it. I, yeah, I'm still scratching my head about it too, but I did sign up for a convalescent study um, it's basically when you donate plasma instead of whole blood and they will give your 
plasma, which contains your antibodies to um, those that are either high risk or suffering from um, a lot of complications from COVID-19 that are actively in the hospital, um, they will give them your plasma. But when I went in for my questionnaire, I had tested, like I had met all the criteria, but as soon as they drew my antibodies, they said, sorry, you do not have the amount needed to be eligible for this study. Yeah. I still, I still have donated. I think it's just, um, they have to have, they have to have like quantitative amount of antibodies for the studies specifically. I have still donated plasma since then. So that could be of benefit to somebody, but it's hard. Like for that specific study, I was not eligible. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. And there is still a national blood shortage, just what for whatever for all, what is going on right now at my local blood and platelet center. So I've just been donating too when I'm at work because I'm already there. So <laughs> yeah. that's smart. You know, I actually have a fair amount of extra blood right now. I should go donate. Am You're I allowed to? What are you talking about? Am I allowed to? Well, yeah. I, I have no I idea. Know. I don't, I don't think know. So. I don't think Probably so. I think not. you need that for your fetus. <laughs> it's there for, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in the comments, let us know if that's a thing. I actually don't know that. But I think no. And you have to meet, like, you have to be, like, you have to make sure that you have enough hemoglobin and like there's this like whole thing well i just i just got all my blood tested and everything's normal so oh my god bless your soul you already want to be like saving the world and growing a human (laughs) just they go they go hand in hand they go hand in hand (laughs) (laughs) that is i i still cannot believe that zach did not get it i know he did uh, and just to preface he I, he wanted to get tested right away. Like, do I have it? But we waited the five days for the incubation period to make sure it was going to be an accurate test. And he went to the test. He had a different test. And he had, he had to wait like a week and a half just because he could not get testing the way I got tested because I did it through my work. And it was like through employee health. And he went through right. the county. So it was a little slower. Um but according to his test, he tested negative and negative for antibodies. So um, it's well, interesting I mean, to hear that people who even did have antibodies are releasing them so quickly. But it is also important to note that people's immune systems are so complex and it's not just like IgG and IgM antibodies that are playing a, f- a role in... I don't actually, I don't know what IgG and IgM antibodies are. <laughs> so that's either. IgG and IgM are... like antibodies and like whenever you get an antibody test those are the two antibodies they're testing for one is long term one is short term um one of them is if you are actively infected and it's like the short term and then the other one's the long term but then your immune system is super super complex and it's not just antibodies that are involved in your immune system um so they're still studying the way that certain people's immune system respond to the virus and why certain people get more ill compared to others. It's real science happening in real time. Seriously. Everybody is exposed to different things throughout their life. You know, when they're kids, when they're, my my parents are always saying that I don't get sick very often because I went to, um, I went to daycare as like a baby, (laughs) you know, basically from six months on and I was sick all the time. 
And so yeah. they're like, oh, well, you know, you're, you don't get sick now because you are just immune to all of these things. And I'm like, is that really how it works? I, I, I don't know if that's how it works, but I believe it, you know? And, and anytime Wes gets sick, I think to myself, mm, this, is, this is good for you, actually. Because then you'll have those antibodies later. <laughs> yeah. Zach likes to say the same things when he bites his nails. I was like, ew, don't bite your nails. He's like, it's the reason like I never get sick. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Not don't sure know it works that, that way. I don't know about that one. <laughs> no. I don't, also, I don't he's know he's a grown Zach. man. Wait, so he thinks, he thinks that because he bites his nails, <laughs> when like he, the, the nastiness under his nails he like eats it. And he thinks he doesn't eat it. He just bites it. But he thinks that it's because he's been biting his nails since he was like very young that it's built up mm. his immune system. Mm. I mean, it's the same argument with the kids like playing in daycares and stuff. You're exposed to germs, but like sure, like eating dirt. Well, you are yeah. such a sweet, good nurse because a you were wearing the right things, washing your hands the right amount of times. None of your patients mm -hmm. got sick. You were doing it even when there weren't consistent regulations to do so and b mm -hmm. you were just so worried about everyone i think that kind of like empathy and compassion are what make you like an outstanding caregiver and nurse thanks <laughs> but it was it was still very mentally draining at the time because there was just so much uncertainty and worry and stress and yeah i think i was one of the first people in my immediate friend group and now we're california's at 600,000 cases. So Maggie, when did you guys decide to sort of live separately for those two weeks? Like, how did you come to that decision? And then when did you decide that you were, you know, no longer going to be able to transfer it? Or Yeah, it was a hard decision to make. And it was, uh, we, I think he stayed separated from me in the living room for, I think, one, one to three days. I can't remember off like specifically how long it was, but we were going back and forth. And I did, I was like, well, we woke up in the same bed and we were like <clears throat> together the, f the days I was incubating. So you probably have it, but we just wanted to err on the side. If there was any little sliver of chance that Zach didn't have it, we just wanted to act as though he didn't. Um, so he was able to find a place nearby that he could quarantine by himself and initially he did like a one week um plan and he it was just the time apart and i was without bowie i was without him i was going a little crazy i was talking to myself i was like looking at trees outside <laughs> i was like oh my gosh but um and you didn't want to leave the apartment right no i didn't leave the right? apartment so you're just i couldn't leave stuck. and it was very early during the time where um it was hard to get uh, any sort of grocery delivery. Groceries. Yeah. So mm. my sister lives very, uh, she lives like 20 minutes away, but she was like, oh my God, there's, she would text me. She's like, there's one opening, but you have to get your groceries delivered to me because I live in a more uh, concentrated area of LA. So she's like, you have to get it delivered towards me and then I'll bring it to you. And then I'm like oh. filling up my cart, but she had already had her cart filled so like anytime there was an opening, she would just hit like pay now and then it would go. But wow. like as I was filling up my cart, it was taken. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was still during wow. the part where there was like no toilet paper and no paper towels. And luckily, Zach and I had gotten a bidet 
before, so we were <laughs> we were saving on <laughs> toilet paper pre-pandemic. Literally but. sitting pretty, <laughs> sitting pretty. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was hard. Um, I definitely had to depend on my Ooh. sister bringing me food. Ned brought me some bread. <laughs> Eugene was FaceTiming me. The Habersburgers was FaceTiming me and keeping me company. But it was nice. Um, I felt very supported by my friends and family um, during the time. So check on. If you know anyone who is infected, guys, just make sure you reach out to them and make sure they're okay and send them little smiley emojis. When you got COVID, I immediately had this very vivid dream that I remembered that I showed up with a bottle of bleach and I was like, I'll help you. I'll fix it. I'm going to bleach everything in your apartment, Maggie. I was like, I got it. (laughs) Oh my God. Have you guys ever uh, like tried to look into what your dreams mean? I never, am I the only person? I never remember my dreams. Oh, if I do, it's because it's deeply, deeply disturbing. Because then (laughs) that's the only time I remember them. Yeah. And that's not very often. It's like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I usually only remember my dreams if I wake up at a weird time or something like that, you know, or, or if I have something stressful going on or, you know, um, this actually, I, I remember my dreams when I have to catch an early flight and I set my alarm, you know, because we don't usually set an alarm. We just kind of wake up uh, like when Wes wakes up. Um, but if we have to set an alarm, I always stress out about it because I feel like I'm not going mm. to like rem- I miss it. hear the alarm. And so mm. my body wakes up before and I then I remember those really vivid dreams. But Rachel, I think that says something about you. <laughs> Where do you look up what your dreams mean? Like Google? Oh, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a teenager, I had like a book. I'll what look it up, Maggie, and I'll report back what that <laughs> okay. means. I think that just means you love me. But it does. It means <laughs> I love you and I was worried about you. So Zach's living in a separate apartment he rented. You're at home. You've had COVID. How are your symptoms? Did you, were you capable yeah. of taking care of yourself? Zach and I, Zach wanted to make sure that I was okay. Like he felt very guilty leaving and he didn't want me to feel like he was abandoning me at all. But he more wanted me to be able to walk around my apartment and feel like a human and not feel like a prisoner inside my own bedroom. I had active symptoms, I think, for three days. It was just body aches, a low-grade temperature. The headache lasted a very, very long time, and I'm not one who usually suffers from headaches. It was just, it was terrible. All I wanted to do was sleep because it was just so bad, and it was just like pressure. Um, And then I actually, I haven't talked about this at all, but I did lose my sense of temperature taste and smell for eight weeks eight and there's some people that have been infected with COVID-19 that still have not gotten their sense of smell or taste back and it is so frustrating it is so frustrating I remember just showering and I have this really um strongly scented body soap and I just remember taking a bath and then I was like I can't smell my body soap and then I went over to the apple cider vinegar bottle and I like stuck my nose in it and I could not smell it it was just like there was like a a disconnect like it was wow. so bizarre it wasn't even that it that it was like a spectrum or a scale where it got worse or it just turned off completely yeah wow. when I was getting it back there was like a spectrum of it needed to be very close for me to smell it and then mm. farther and farther away and now I I think I have most of it back. I can't say for certain it was, it's like a hundred percent and that my taste is, but like eating things like 
apples or anything soft and like very muted. <clears throat> like during the time where Zach was doing his tea tasting and tea blending, he would just try and get me to give him feedback on the tea. And I was like, it just tastes like boiling water. I can't taste anything. <laughs> it was so frustrating because I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like excited and like give him feedback, but I, I just couldn't. Um, and then a lot of friends are like, oh my gosh, so exciting that you like don't have a sense of smell or taste. So it doesn't matter what you're eating. So you don't have to worry about binging and like eating bad mm. stuff like while you're sick. And I was like, I, I mean, cravings are still a hundred percent there. <laughs> I remember going and eating, my sister brought me some candy bars and I ate like an entire like Rolo package. <laughs> and I don't usually eat like the Rolos all at when once you and can. like M&Ms. Yeah, I just keep putting them into my mouth thinking that like maybe like if I had like a large volume at once, like I'd be able to taste it. Sure. But it never happened. Well, I, I think that actually being like sated, like feeling like you have had enough of something is, um, I read somewhere that it has a lot to do with um, ha tasting the same flavor for like mm -hmm. a, a period of time, you know? So like mm -hmm. when you're eating a large meal and, um, and you're really kind of like you're paying attention to your body. And so like, say you have a huge plate of mac and cheese, right? And you mm -hmm. eat sort of enough to feel like you've had enough mac and cheese. Um, and it, it has everything to do with tasting because you're mm. tasting the mac and cheese and, and your body thinks, oh, okay, I've had enough of that, that flavor. And that's why you always have room for dessert because mm. it's a different flavor. <laughs> Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? But so that's the funny. fact that you couldn't taste anything meant that you were never, you Sated. were never, yeah, you were never satiated. I was so I was so frustrated. I just like kept eating ice cream. I was like, when am I going to be able to taste it? And I would still like, <laughs> even if I couldn't taste it, I would like have this idea or I, I would door dash like once every couple of days because I would run out of groceries. Right. And I was, I'd be yeah. like, okay, I'm going to get um, this, like one of my favorite restaurants out here and it would come and I would eat it. And I was like, it's not the same. So did you yeah. cook a lot or since you couldn't taste anything, did you, how was like making dinner after the fact like once you and Zach were back in together <laughs> cooking was definitely very spicy and very uh citrusy because that was like really one of the only things that I could taste and I think it was just it was pain right mm. it's it's not one Probably just your, like yeah like, like a physical sensation in your mouth yeah mm. I needed something very strong and potent mm -hmm. so Zach was not a fan of my cooking for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> lots of Takis, lots Talkies. of <laughs> salsa. This sounds great, actually. <laughs> very salty eggs in the morning. Delicious. <laughs> and I was a very mild case, and I just want to preface that a lot of people, um, I just, I think there's a lot of people aren't taking this seriously because, and I just don't want to like spew misinformation that like, oh, look at Maggie, she's doing like so well because this is a serious thing that's going on. And I don't want people just to be getting their information from people online and to listen to scientists because there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there that have been shared by people with a lot of power, cough, cough, Donald mm. Trump. <laughs> Um, so I just want that my case not to just be the only thing that you see, you know, 
I, I don't want it to affect someone in your friend or family group for you to take it seriously. And I just want to preface that I did lose my sense of taste and smell for eight weeks. And um, there are people, should I talk about long haulers? Like that we have a couple of friends that are, mm-hmm. are people that know people who are, who have had symptoms and who are dealing with um, complications from COVID over a month, over 60 days, over a hundred days. Um, so you really never know how someone in your friend and family group are going to respond to this virus because there's so many people around the world that like no two people are going to respond to this virus the same two ways. Mm-hmm. And it is a serious thing. It's not like a normal flu. And we still are scientists are still studying the long term effects of this virus and how it could potentially lead to further complications that we have no idea about now, but could surface later. So my mom uh, the other day called me and was uh, was like, you need to be really careful, Ariel, because uh, they just found one case where the mom spread it to the fetus. Yeah, and I think it was in Paris, I heard. Yeah, yeah, I think it was in France. But I, I seriously, I was like, mom, where did you hear that? But it, it definitely, it makes you realize that everybody is different. Yeah. And I was reading online that it was like women who are pregnant right now have like a like have 30% more chance of complications than the average person. That's what my doctor Not necessarily that you will no. get it, but you just are more at risk. Well, your immune system lowers when you're pregnant. You're just you're you're more susceptible to having a at like an extreme case, um, right. you know, where like uh, you'll be hospitalized or, or whatever else. But also they, uh, so from the studies that I was reading, um, they, they didn't take into consideration uh, like the reason for going to the hospital being pregnancy complications and not COVID complications, um, which I thought was really interesting. So there's a little bit of, of a gray area there. No, I just saw like a New York Times piece of moms and babies <laughs> moms who are COVID positive with their babies who are COVID negative and them meeting them for the first time post birth was over FaceTime. They, they're they separated Unreal. from them immediately until they can't give it to them. How mm. scary and sad is that? Unreal. I mean, and that's, yeah. that's, that's not even, you know, considering the like breastfeeding complications and mm. yeah, I mean, all that kind of stuff. I don't think you can. You can't. I don't know. You can, yeah, you but, can't. but not immediately. You can't. I mean, but your body is ready to breastfeed after you give mm. birth, you know? So it's, right. I can only imagine how difficult that is. And, and you know, like I this, I don't know how many people know very, like very much about, you know, after you give birth, you have this very, very, it's called colostrum, which which is uh, uh, like what your what your body produces for, for a newborn baby. And mm-hmm. it's, it has a lot of the, um, the like antibodies that the baby needs when, when they're first born. And so I, I imagine that the baby doesn't get those, uh, you know, because they're, I don't know, people are worried that they're full of COVID. I think something that was like super frustrating to me was like right after my parents got it, everybody, there was like this huge, it was the, they got it early. So the start of people saying that it wasn't real. So it was just Mm. like frustrating to see that online of people being like, 
oh, it's not real. But then like you're you're like, well, actually, my mom's in the hospital right now. So what do you think? She's lying. That's frustrating. It's really frustrating, too, to see people going out like even in L.A. It's like you just want to shake people and like scream at them because you're like, I just want to go home and see my parents like. But you don't know when that's going to be if you don't, you know, live by your family because we can't you need everyone to be on board for us to be done with this and the longer people don't do that the longer we will all suffer like I worry about the kids being able to go to school ever yeah so sorry Becky I mean they're fine now but just frustrating it's just hurtful to see and I'm sure people who have family members that are suffering now are (laughs) extremely frustrated to see these mansion parties and um, people who are working in healthcare seeing these things happen or seeing conspiracy theory videos that it's not real and it's like would you like to take a walk with me down the ICU yeah and see how this is affecting other people real people and their families so it's very hurtful I think they're just idiots I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard when (laughs) people say they don't believe in it I said well you are wildly uneducated, wildly privileged. Thankfully, you've never had anything horrible happen in your life where you have to believe a doctor. It's like, what, 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 what more do people need? It's sad because those people that don't believe in it or the people who are too privileged to have dealt with it, they'll get it and it's spreading to black and brown communities, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. affecting people at disproportionate rates. It's it's unfair and it it sucks and and it's affecting you Maggie like you go into work each and every day in the medical field and it's like people and then people expect you to care for them um and you know they obviously deserve to be cared for but like you have to do your part to not get sick and it, I like it definitely a, a thousand percent works to stay distant to wear your mask to wash your hands my, my mom went over to my grandma's when she had it early and was wearing a mask, wore gloves. She disinfected the groceries that she brought her, stayed distant. And my grandma didn't get it. It's so good that your parents were doing that that early, Becky, because I feel like there was a lot of conflicting advice in March and early April. Yeah. Um, and it was so good that they were already listening to it. Oh, yeah. It was also mm-hmm. crazy because my parents came to visit in February And by the end of the visit, my dad's like, I'm buying you a jumbo hand sanitizer. I'm buying you this. I'm buying you that. And I was like, dad, this is going to be because in my head, I was like, it's going to be like Ebola. It's going to come here. It's going to be something that is, you know, a very dangerous thing, but there's super small. And it was crazy that they were so, so prepared, huge germaphobes, big cleaners (laughs) and still got it right away. Well, and your brother's a paramedic, right? So then, like, he probably influences them, inspires them to be really cautious and careful. Well, they actually had their first scare with it was because of my brother. Because he got Mm -hmm. engaged and went to my parents' house. And this, again, was, like, super early on. Maybe, I don't know, March? Early March? Mm -hmm. Mid-March? Or maybe sooner than that. But he went over to my parents' house. They, you know, FaceTimed us to tell us the news all together. They had dinner. They left. And then the next week, my brother's partner had a fever and started (gasps) exhibiting symptoms. But in Illinois, Mm -hmm. like my parents couldn't get tested until they were in the hospital with pneumonia. 
so backwards. And then my mom got it first, or at least presented symptoms first. And then they just told my dad, like, oh, well, we don't need to test you because you've got it. Like, just act like you have it. Yeah. Because she had it. And so the first time they actually couldn't get tested because thankfully my brother's partner did not have it. So Mm -hmm. that was good. And then after that, obviously, they haven't seen each other in person. We had a Zoom wedding. (laughs) (laughs) How long were your parents in the hospital? My mom was there for like two days and then my dad was there for five, if I'm not mistaken. I know my mom for sure had double pneumonia. And then I think my dad also had it and he has other like health problems. So I think that's why he was there for a little bit longer. I don't know. They were sick for a while. They definitely, it wasn't like a one week and done kind of thing. And then they both had different symptoms, which was weird. I mean, other than the pneumonia, like my dad had Mm -hmm. really bad nausea and chills, but my mom mostly had, I think like the muscle aches and then the things that go along with being, she's wildly petite. So Mm -hmm. anytime she gets sick, it's kind of like a I feel like she gets gets it worse sometimes because she's so little. You having to think about them having it and being so far away and not able to help, that's so yeah. frustrating and hard. Yeah. I feel like that's how it is always, though, when you live like in a different state than your family. Like when something yeah. happens, you're just like on the phone. But it was like extra hard because usually like my parents are always together. They're like, they've been dating since they were 16. And it was just so hard to think of like my mom being all by herself at the hospital and my dad being all by himself at the hospital. It was just hard. But thankfully, they had really good doctors. And my mom had a really good nurse who actually Mm -hmm. brought her vegan food. Oh, (laughs) Because they're vegan. And again, she's so tiny that she wasn't really eating the food that they gave her. And she didn't want to be rude. And tell them, like, oh, by the way, I don't eat this. <laughs> but I think that was, like, the hardest mama. thing is, like, thinking about them by themselves. No fun. Wear, wear a mask. <laughs> wear, a wear, mask. wear a mask. Stay inside. Please don't go out to eat. It's not worth it. Keith and I don't hang out with our other friends because we see you and Zach. And so, like, the mm-hmm. idea, we're not, it's not even like, oh, I'm super scared of getting it for me. I'm super scared that if I get it and then I saw you guys, you know, if we were filming something that and like Ariel, you're pregnant. I would like, yeah, it's just terrifying when you think about the people. You really never know how your body's going to react to it until it has to. We're learning and correct me if I'm wrong, Maggie, that COVID attacks all over the body. Like we used to think it was the lungs, but now it's like they're finding COVID everywhere, right? Yeah, they're finding it. It just, it depends how certain people's body process it because like they were saying how like diabetes and hypertension, you have like this baseline of inflammation and things that your body are doing. So if you add in another infection or of some sort, your body just goes into overdrive and then you suffer more complications because your body's already doing something else. Yeah. My dad is very immunocompromised. He's been in chemotherapy for the last three years and has very advanced bone and lung cancer. And my parents live in Tennessee and they obviously just want to see the babies. Like they want to see their grandkids. And I just don't know how to get to them. Like putting the girls in the car. (laughs) I was for four (laughs) days seems insane. And flying, the babies touch things and touch their face. Like you can't sanitize them every second of a whole 
five hour flight. Yeah. Um, they won't wear masks. They're only a year and a half. How? I just keep saying how. How do I do it? We got to get on that tour bus idea that Keith had. We'll hit every. Bus. We'll hit everyone's families. We'll take the whole oh. second try fam. We'll make a video series out of it, like a souped-up camper. Oh, because yeah. that has been a dream of mine for a very long time. Is going on, you know, just getting one of those like. I, it doesn't even have to be like an airstream. It can be one of the like you know like the bus ones with the. I want like a double decker RV. Yeah, the whole tri fam. Do you think Beyonce is using her tour bus right now? Do you think she let Beyonce? Us will you let us borrow your tour bus? Beyonce, please? Can we borrow please? it, please? We're just gonna do a <laughs> little cross country trip. We'll all get tested before. I do see a lot of people getting very creative with you know travel these days. Because for, I for hope some that people, it's, it's very difficult not to travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope what they come up with uh, planes with more leg room and no more middle seats and just like six feet apart recliners. Yeah. You could, you could get like a family pod, you know, almost, yeah. almost like on a train, like on a train yeah. where you, where you like go into your own compartment. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're getting a ton of money from the government, so they should be doing something. Why are something. they getting money from the government? No, they're getting another bailout. They're getting money from the government. <laughs> and then there are all these restaurants and like, it's, Small you know, locally businesses. owned shops and things that are just Awful. going out of business completely. And those mm. are the places that, you know, employ. Guys, production had a very serious conversation last week where we discussed what it would be like if we all, as a group, moved to Australia. Um, I said I'm fully in. I don't know how you guys feel, but it's been proposed. They Why won't take Australia? us. I thought we could They won't go. take us. Nobody wants our, us. Our, Nobody our wants map us. is like dark red. Nobody wants I us know. at all. The U.S. Like passport means Americans. nothing. But everywhere is mm. dealing with COVID better than America. So we were thinking we just get out of Dodge for a couple of years. <clears throat> Sure. <laughs> but why Australia when you could choose, you know, I don't know, Fiji or Australia is very close to Fiji That's and New true. Zealand. We were thinking mm-hmm. somewhere where we could actually still do productions. Everyone could live. Mm-hmm. Um, it was English speaking. The guys have been there are cool cities. And some <laughs> of our staff wanted to date some hot Australian guys. So I think that was <laughs> got, in the car it. got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That was the driving force. They want to find a Hemsworth. <laughs> Ariel, you and I can get a really cute Manny for the kids. Oh. Oh, I would love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> what if our babies grew up with Australian accents because COVID drove us down under? Oh, my gosh. That would be so Wet. cute. Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> my Little sister's accent. boyfriend is Australian, and I I can confirm that the Australian accent is very cute. Could you imagine all the pets and Alfred? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Alfred I would can. have a conniption. But then he would get used to it. <laughs> I know that's I don't like know. I know those second try dogs. They are <laughs> yeah, not. We got to put speed. <laughs> Maybe <no>. Emma. <laughs> he can be around Emma. <laughs> so, you know, COVID, it is real. It's out there. We're still, all of us are staying in our homes and quarantining. Um, if you are able, I would highly suggest adopting a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> that it will make your time go by a little faster for the beginning of quarantine. Keith and I were really just staring at each other and playing a lot of video games. And now we stare at Alfred and play little games with him. 
And <laughs> one like silver lining, at least in LA, is certain shelters are out of cats. They wow. are people are adopting at such a high rate, um, which is good, good and bad. We heard from the shelter gal. She was like, oh, it's good that they're going out, but we're a little nervous about if we will see animals come back once the world opens back up oh. and people have like their work responsibilities and their travel responsibilities. So I mm. hope that doesn't happen, but 10 out of 10 recommend adopting a cat right now. If you can, if you're able, it's wonderful. Anything that is sparking joy right now? I will say that not having to bathe has been wonderful. Ariel hates showers. I hate showers. <laughs> There's such a fuss. <laughs> There's such a There's fuss. There's such a fuss. I, just, I love my oils. You get all you get all wet, and then you have, like your hair has to dry. But I your hair like dries like naturally beautifully. <laughs> well, but what? I feel like I feel like it's never been healthier because I only I only shower. I I only wash my hair like once every four days or something like that. It's uh, oh it's gosh. been it's been pretty awesome, actually, you know, getting to know your natural smells and, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's just great. It's great. You guys, you, you got yeah, to like, get on the, the stinky train. It's it's pretty yeah. fun. Only you are beautiful enough to pull this off. The rest <laughs> of us need these showers. Need the shower. <laughs> but need nobody the shower. has to see me. Nobody has to see you. You know, it's like. And, and I normally wear my hair up anyway. I, I can barely stand having my hair down on like a normal day. Like the second I get up from this chair, my hair is going up. And uh, and so it's, you know, like nobody notices that it's dirty. It's kind of great. <laughs> is anything sparking joy? I, I learned how to make bread while I was like quarantining, which is cool. And it's I would, beautiful. Really yeah, can beautiful we say bread. something controversial? Is it? prettier than Ned's bread 100%. it may be prettier but everyone's like everyone says that but also to keep in mind that I didn't have a sense of smell or taste when I made <laughs> my bread so I had to really focus on making it beautiful because that's the only thing I had you know it's so just like I'm crazy salty think. yeah it's like <laughs> like the sourdough starter now that I can smell it I'm like oh this smells like I couldn't smell it before so I was like I don't know if this is healthy or not but it was getting good rise good fall yeah. Um, but I would have never taught myself nasty. how to make bread um, unless we were in quarantine because that takes it takes so long. Bread should cost forty dollars. Having to fold it every sourdough every thirty minutes for like five hours plus waiting for it to rot. It's a whole thing. Bread should cost forty dollars. Mm. The end. <laughs> The end. I tried explaining my mom because my mom was like, that's beautiful. Will you teach me how to make it? Like record a video of you doing it. And then I started telling her all the supplies she needs. And she's just like, oh, forget uh -uh. it. I'll buy it. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm like, no. she's like, you can send me because I offered it to her like after I had recovered. And she's like, maybe, maybe wait a little bit. I don't know if I want your, your COVID Aww. bread. And I was like, mom, I'm, I'm better now. She's like, maybe just. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> Keep the volunteers tribute to, to receive your bread. Right. Everyone's I'll bread. Matt makes bread. Ned makes bread. Maggie makes... We'll do a blind taste test. We'll <gasps> take it. Don't wait, you guys make bread too. You made focaccia. Oh. Yeah, focaccia bread is yummy. That counts. Ours Sprinkle that okay. olive oil. <laughs> Ours, we're, we're more of cookie people. Um, we did we not nail, nail the bread, so we just ask everyone else for their bread when they make it. <laughs> Yeah, but you bring the tortillas. 
<gasps> we are. We're, the, are we're good. a tortilla family. Yes. We have a little tortilla mm-hmm. press. Keith's been getting you got really, a press? really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Proud He's of you. fancy. He's fancy. Fancy. Super fancy. Sometimes he'll make tostadas or chips. You haven't made me chips Yum. before, Miss Rebecca. You got to talk to Keith. I only do the dips at that point. I'm not the tortilla <laughs> mistress. Ooh. It oh sounds like we need to have a carbs only potluck. <gasps> the best. That's, that's basically my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys remind me next week to tell you about my worms. Oh, you got worms oh, like we, your mom. We are composting now. Yeah. <laughs> and every worms. day I go out there. You're talking about sourdough starter, and I'm thinking to myself, like, this sounds like my you gotta worms. go feed my worms. Where I go out and I have to and I feed my worms every day and I water them and I make sure that they're healthy. And oh uh, and now Wes is obsessed. He'll come up to me and he'll go, Mama, feed worms. Oh yeah, that's so that, fun. that'll be that'll be a story for next week. What are you doing with your excess? Are you using it for the garden or? Oh, we don't have any excess yet. It usually takes a bit. It, it takes at least three months to get like, uh, you know, some good compost. Oh, got him. For the yeah. garden. But that is the plan. That is the plan. It's fun. The and your mom's yeah. a big worm lover. Oh I, my God. I remember having like an hour long conversation about her worms. <laughs> my mother's like a crazy worm lady. She loves she, them. <laughs> she <laughs> loves worms. She she actually in the middle. I don't know if you guys heard the ding in the middle of, of the podcast, but it was uh, it was literally my mom. Let me read you this text. Uh, she you know, I haven't talked to her in maybe three or four days or something. And I get a text that mm-hmm. just says, how are your worms? <laughs> That's that is that is what she said. Her grand worms. She has a thousand grand worms. The things that we can do are easy. So continue to do them and we will get through this together and quicker if we keep doing it. So that's our podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe um, and keep emailing us at you can sit with us pod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.